now is your time to flinch. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is your moderator, B. Jones, and I want to welcome you all to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. We got a great show lined up for you today. A very special show since we had these two special ladies as guests on the show today. Yes. Yes. Look at Mama G is ready. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be getting into, so it's back to school, man. So we're going to get the, these ladies to give us some expert advice on how us as fathers can ensure that our children have the best school year possible. So parents, we invited parents, parents yes, fathers and parents, fathers and parents It's all inclusive, but yes, yeah, specifically the fathers, you know, since this is the 13th floor, but uh, yeah, man, we brought these lovely young late, lovely ladies on the show today. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our first guest, Dr. Georgette Monde Sear. Did I say that right? No, <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, man. It took, me years, it took me years to learn my own name, child. It's all good. It's Monday Zier. Monday Zier. Dr. Georgia Monday Zier, she's been an educator for over 15 years, specializing in integrated curriculum, professional development, and organizational leadership. Her personal motto is preparation plus opportunity equals success. And she believes that every child can be successful given the right tools. So welcome to the show, Dr. Georgette Mondezier. Thank you. I'm so excited to be a part of the 13th floor. I know the furniture is not that nice, but well, I know the view how is good. Exactly. The view is good and I am excited. I finally made it to the 13th floor. Yes. There it is. There it is. And now, yet next, we want to introduce Miss Denitra Henry. She is an 11-year veteran teacher in urban public school systems. She has an education specialist in curriculum and instruction. She loves being able to elevate her community by making a difference in the lives of students who generationally may come from areas where the quality of education has been dismissed for social, economic, or even geographical reasons. Welcome to the show, Denitra. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, bro. Awesome, awesome. Glad to have you here. Now hey, I gotta don't forget, don't forget. Come on, man. That's an alum. That is an alum. Got to shout out to Canes. All about the you, baby. I'm excited about this college football season, especially since I won't be able to watch any NFL. But that's a story for another day. Story for another day. Aww. Also on the call, we got Deacon Rubra. Y'all know him as Mike D. What's happening, baby? Rudog, Rudog is always greetings to the man of Omega Sci-Fi. Rude to the bros. Mr. Freshervation, what you got going on over there, sir? What's happening? You know, I was about to break out um, some song for art, you know, but I decided not to. Greetings <laughs> 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 and salutations. We on the 13th floor. You know, I hope everybody's ready for the fresh ram of the week coming up later on. I had a good weekend. Um, I'm ready to get into the topic. Let's get this thing going. Easy. Let's get it going. And last but not least, Coach K. Carol, what's happening, my brother? What's going on? I'm uh, very happy to be here. I tried to sneak out the back door. I was about to say, you sure, man? Because you was definitely trying to get out there. I tried to climb down the escalator, man. Talking about, hey, I'm going to take out trash. Let me take the trash out. Let me take the trash out. And uh, everybody said I had to be here. So I'm here, but I'm excited to be here. Uh, especially with our, our two special guests. I go way back with both of them. Uh, so honored to have them here on the show. 
I was about to say, man, yeah, there's some history between, uh, you know, that little triangle there, man. So we definitely want to shout that out, man. I appreciate Carol throwing the lob, man, as soon as we brought up the topic. Actually, Carol put the topic out there, and he was like, oh, yeah, I got these two, you know, Denitra and Georgette. So definitely appreciate that 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 assist there, sir. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, man, so we want to get into the topic, man. We want to make sure that we're doing all we can to ensure our kids had the best school year. So before we get the expert opinions, on that now carol i know you don't have a, a school-aged child yet so you know this might be an opportunity to try to sneak away for a little while but fresh no <laughs> no he has to do the time like everybody else exactly i'm glad i got some you know what i'm saying assistance over here man yeah keeping the pressure on yeah but yeah these folks back every week now good job <laughs> yes i want to be on the 13th floor we probably get some decent furniture Hey, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Already change. See what happens when you invite the women to the show. See, we've been yeah, fighting it all. Yes, I think she's submitted her, her spot on the show now. I want some furniture. Yes, we need some decent furniture. We're on the 13th floor. What? Stand so it keep the blood circulating. Oh, no. But we, can, we, we can stand with a nice picture on the wall, get some ambiance going. Why not? All right, we're gonna put you on top on, on top of that committee. So you got that, Georgette. Okay. Easy, but Mike and Fresh, man. So y'all have school age children. What do you guys do, man? Starting out the school year to ensure your kids have the best school year they can have. I'm gonna go to Mike first. You got to get the schedule right. The sleeping got to be right. You got to make sure that the, the meals or they getting breakfast um, start about two weeks ahead. So that way, by the time the adjustment is from the summer until you get to the fall. They're, they're ready to go because they start early. So my kids are in school at 7 a.m. And it's different right. in the summer when you're waking up at 9, you got to get your brain ready. Um, and the teachers are expecting them to come back, you know, ready to go day one. So the, the higher you get in your grades, the more expectations are you to come in day one. So we've been working at it. Um, you kind of hold off on the school supplies until the last minute. Once you buy the school supplies, school is in session. That's true. Um, always wind down. So, you know, it's the end of the summer. So let's start doing more things, you know, to acknowledge that it's the end of the summer. Um, so there's a definite difference between summer and now school starting. Um, kind of always told them it's about work for them. So mommy and I go to work. This is your job. This is all you got to do. So be ready for it. Um, and from there, stay on them for that first couple of weeks. You stay on them throughout the year by how you set the tone in the beginning. So I give each one of my kids appointment days. So mm -hmm. on Tuesday mm -hmm. is my day to kind of work with daddy and work with mommy on the initial things adjusting the school. And everybody has their day of the week. And they know on that day, no matter what happens, as soon as I come home, I got the help that I need for working on the project, um, something specific for homework. And then I give them each the ability to kind of, you know, butt in and to say, you know, it's my time. You know, regardless of what it is, I got an emergency that you need to take care of. That's pretty Fresh, good. I bet you. It's a good uh, idea. I bet you wish you went first. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I don't even know how to follow that up. He he brought so many new things to mind, but also, you know, uh, definitely hit up on pretty much all the points I would say <clears throat> regarding making sure it, it, it's about making sure there is that difference, but also making sure that they know that you are there on this ride with them and understanding the importance of, hey, we have all these great things and, and light and, and air and, 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 you know, everything going on at the house. Your main job and focus is to make sure that you get good grades, to make right. sure 
you pay attention in school and I and my biggest thing is to make sure that you're trying all everybody may not get straight A's but I want to know that you are making a real effort at trying to understand and learn what's going on and I try to make sure my daughter has the opportunity to do um you know at least try the things that she uh thinks that she's gonna like because I feel that most people don't have that opportunity to experience you know really and find out what really is their passion but just being there making sure that you're by their side and that they understand that they have to have a focus and a drive <clears throat> excuse me in school okay yeah man two two great you know points uh hey so i think i think and i know i said i'm, I'm you know yeah, this is how right. he does you know i don't have it i don't have anything right, i don't have a, a school-aged child yet but uh, already in my head i know when school is over we're going to recap your year what are your takeaways from the year what do you think you were strong yes. in what do you think you needed to work on mm-hmm. that what you needed to work on piece is going to come back in just before it's time to go back to school because we want to remove that brain fog and we want to get those wheels turning again because i don't want you to have to ramp up once you get to school exactly. i want you to already be ramped up and ready to go and warmed up and ready to receive from day one so you know we're going to start cutting down on the the TV time, the friend time, and we're going to start getting into those lessons. Let's start thinking about some of the things. Let's set some goals on what you want to achieve this year. And let's set some benchmarks on when we're going to check in on that before the interim progress report, before the report card. Let's have some checking points. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's uh, that's exactly where I'm at with my daughter right now, man. We are cutting down some of the TV and tablet time. We're getting more work in those workbooks. But for me, it's, um, you know, trying to build that confidence for her and giving her that extra or support, I guess, that she needs because, you know, Nia, she's a really smart child. Um, she was challenged a little bit because she went from a public school to a charter school. So the curriculum changed. Uh, it was a little daunting at first, but she learns how to do things. But then she doesn't have the confidence in herself to know that she knows how to do it. So, you know, we're doing homework and things of that nature. It might take a little longer. So for me now, it's like and I think I actually want to pose that question to, you know, Denitra and Georgette, you know, is what are the the best things that I could do to instill that confidence in her or help build that up so that she knows, yeah, I can actually do this without it taking us three, four hours to, you know, do the homework and such. Well, I think parents always have um, pushback when it comes to the time that things take. But sometimes, especially if you have, I'm a slow learner. It has always taken me an extremely long time to get things done. And sometimes the time is just what it is. But I think you're doing one of the best things that you can possibly do. Being a daddy's girl myself is knowing that daddy believes in her, knowing daddy, no matter how long it's gonna take, that daddy's gonna be there with her throughout the duration. It's gonna slowly but surely build the confidence that she needs because then she knows that somebody has her back. And you know, when we're trying to get children, Carol Dweck, Um, did a lot of research on um, fixed mindset and growth mindsets. And what we want to have our children to to start thinking about is not that that their intelligence is fixed. We want them to be in a growth um, mindset, meaning that sometimes it might take one child five minutes to do something, but it'll take you an hour to do something, but you might gain more in the process of learning it. Right. Instead of just being able to retain it, you'll build up certain skill sets. You'll build up tenacity. 
you'll build up being able to think outside the box. You'll also build confidence because you'll be able to know that you can take on a difficult task and no matter how long it takes, you'll be able to be with that task for the duration. So you'll have tenacity. So sometimes things just take the time that it takes. Cool. So just continuing to spend that time. I got you. And, and as she gets more empowered, the time will lessen because the, the skill sets will come. But at first, it might take a little longer. But once everything starts gelling together, the time will decrease. But for right now, it's just going to be the time that it's going to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we kind of gave you our take on, uh, you know, the comp- uh, things that we can do to ensure our children, our children had a best school year. What do you guys think are c- critical components to that? Well, one of the things that I think is very um, important is communication, advocacy, and follow-up. Those are the three things that I think is very important for establishing and maintaining your child, your student's successful year. As the parent, gone are the days where parents kind of send their kid to school and they don't communicate with the teacher in any way. They don't follow up. They don't advocate for their child. Communication can take on... um, some simple things is just a check in email. How is so-and-so doing? Is there anything that I can do to help with this project or that project? And also remember that as a parent, you are your child's first advocate. You are there to advocate for your child. So if you feel like your child is not getting the services or not getting the attention or maybe might be getting too much negative attention, you are there to advocate for them. So you have to advocate. You're on your child's side and so it's very important that you show up sometimes you might have to show out but you have to show (laughs) up right you have to show up for your child and then it's very important to follow up remember that educators oftentimes on average have between 90 to 130 students so you know, they're not necessarily focused on your particular child. They have to focus on all of them. So if you really are passionate or you really want to make sure something is done, then as the parent, you really have to follow up. So communication, advocacy, and follow-up are key um, to maintaining and starting the year and also maintaining good grades. And throughout your your child's complete educational um, journey, it's very important. Got you, got you. What about you, Denisha? What do you think? Um, I do think um, being there for your child, knowing, letting your child know that you're always there for them, but also make sure you have a line where the student knows or your child knows that everything that they say, you need to find out all the facts before you go to the moment where you want to show out. A lot of times parents, I mean, I understand parents, you want to believe that your child is telling you the Um, complete truth all the time and you want to believe that you know your child better than anyone but you also have to understand that sometimes your child is going to give you the best version of the story that puts them in the best light and they're not going to give you the entire all the information so you definitely need to make sure you have all the information before you get to that point where you show out and you got to kind of understand that the teachers see your child awake more than you do and they see them in different assets, that aspects that you may not see them in, especially like if you have an only child, you may not see them interact with other children very often. So you may not know how they are when they're around other children. So um, just understanding that the teacher does have 
a different side that she may or may not see of your child and that she has your child's best interests at heart and nothing she's saying to you is to harm the child. So make sure you get all the facts first uh, before you reach that moment where you want to go off. Yeah, man, that's actually really, really important. We just had a situation today where we had to talk to my daughter's um, Taekwondo teacher about some things that, you know, my daughter said were going on while she was at class, some verbiage that the, the teacher was using. And like you said, the child will give you the best version of the story. But, you know, it wasn't actually all the way true. But luckily enough, Chris took the time to get all of the information. We actually tried to meet with this guy a couple of weeks ago before we went on vacation, but we just couldn't meet him. But um, took the time to get all of that information instead of just going there and throwing tables and chairs. And hey, you called my daughter stupid and all this <laughs> right. type of stuff. And throwing tables and chairs is always a last result. But you know, I'm Jamaican, so we will throw a chair <laughs> and a table. But you know, we never want to advocate for that at all. And I, 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 and one of the things that you said is uh, key, communication and sometimes, um, people tend to put the kids in the middle of the communication between the adults. And sometimes kids tend to take things out of context, which might not necessarily reflect what the intended message was. And then when you put the, the child in the middle, it creates an uncomfortable situation for the child because you know, ultimately the child is gonna go back and deal with that adult. And now the child is, 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 is now forced to be in the advocate role, whereas the parent should always be in the advocate role for that particular child and the child should always be able to be the student. Got you, got you. What about uh, supporting the teacher? You know, uh, doing things that get the parents involved in the, in the classroom, sponsoring activities. You know, how important is that role for the parent? So I'll jump in. I'll jump in real quick before the professionals hit it. So I, I had, I did have one day a couple of years ago where I got to be a professional, where I got to be principal for a day in the school and uh, elementary school um, down in Miami, actually. And uh, it was very interesting. I could actually pick out the kids whose parents were involved with the school. It was very easy to, mm -hmm. figure, to, to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I've seen is key. That parent involvement is so key in that parent relationship with the school and the teacher. Uh, because if you're not there, and then like you just said, you just get the best story of whatever the child says every day. So exactly. nah, nope, I don't have homework today. <laughs> nope, I don't have homework today. Oh, didn't get my report card. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's so many different things that that go on, um, not just from an educational standpoint, but even from a a progressive as far as being able to interact with society and being able to interact with other people that go on with your child. That if you're not in tune with the teacher, the teacher is your is your partner. Is your right. And the mm -hmm. child needs to know that the child needs to see you and the teacher as a team and not you um, on a on a defensive with the teacher because not, that will be the child's house. It's not my house versus your classroom. Yes. Right. right. Exactly. The, That's the, a good point. That's a very good point because oftentimes um, the rules of your house might work for your house, but it not, might not necessarily work in a classroom setting. And you have to remember that, you know, educators bring to them their own cultural norms and their own um, biases and their own preferences. You know, it's like, so, you know, maybe your child is allowed to talk to you a certain way. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that right, same child will be able to talk to another adult in that same manner. So the child does need to learn how to code switch. 
how to be able to, to deal with different adults differently because what might work at your home might not necessarily work in an educational setting, nor might it work with other adults. And so it's very important that that message be communicated to the students, especially as they get older and they start to navigate and, um, and, and, and get some more independence. I think that's a life skill exactly that you have to teach your children. I think a lot of parents fail there in the aspect of understanding that your child does not um, have the right to treat every adult the way that they treat you. And to understand, you know, um, how authority goes and not just, you know, police or anything like that, but understanding how you should talk to your boss, how you should talk to the principal of the school, how you should understand and, and be uh, aware of, you know, people, what's going on. The same thing with understanding you're part of the community of your school and, mm -hmm. and, and you don't have to be a parent who's, you know, a PTA all the time and, and going on, but you should know what's going on in the school and especially in your child's classroom. Right. And especially with the ease nowadays of email and, and everything. I have seen parents who will say, I, I don't have an email address and I can't believe that you guys are telling me the only way I'm going to get information is through email. I can't believe you're complaining about getting an email address like right it's yeah. one of the most convenient ways to communicate beyond texting that there is right now and you're you're creating a barrier or another hurdle for teachers who nine times out of ten don't have the funding to even do the things that they are trying to do to help educate your child but you want to create another barrier or another excuse or another thing i know that you got a billion things that you're already trying to shuffle but i want you to make this exception for me and oftentimes, most schools will have a paper option, but you have to remember that the paper goes home with your child. Exactly. So, you know, so if, if your child has a book bag that is an abyss, you know, the information that you might need, unless you're constantly checking that book a bag. Good, a good note right there is to make sure parents... You are checking those backpacks nightly. Man, I see listen. too many children who uh, have that bag full. And I remember I used to be one of them. Whole <laughs> years worth of stuff. You go looking in there, just like, oh my goodness, right? Child's backpack. Yeah, yeah that that's a takeaway. Check your child's backpack. It's very important. Something that I know a lot of schools do is they send home folders and on one side of the folder is what comes home and the other side is what goes back yep. to the school. So if yep. your school doesn't have that, then you can just implement that on your own with your child and have some sort of organization um, about that to help you out, to help gotcha. out the abyss. <laughs> but that brings me to my next point though, because yeah, I, I suffer from that. You know, my child's notebook will sometimes go days without being touched. Uh, you know, we'll do the homework and everything, but if she doesn't remember to give me something or I don't remember because I'm too busy with everything else that we as parents tend to get busy with, what other resources are there for that parent that just can't be that involved with the child? I mean, it, it sounds a little uh, irresponsible not Birth to check control. the book bag, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Birth control. You probably shouldn't have had it. You shouldn't have pull one. Out, pull out you game. make that strong. time. Gentlemen, ladies are here. Ladies, ladies are present, man. You know what I'm saying? Talk ladies are here. Ladies are here on the 13th floor. 
No, but for the parent that does want to be involved with their child, but can't be at the PTA meeting or the school board meeting or sometimes forgets to check the book bag, what other resources are there available for those parents to make sure that they're uh, uh, involved in the capacity they need to be for their child? So for that parent, communication and a direct pipeline to the teacher is essential. So for a parent that can't check the book bag, can't um, stay on top of all the different notices and newsletters, having a one-on-one communication with the teacher is essential. You know, maybe saying, um, I'm going to email once a week to just check in and what's going on. This is a checking email. Kind of establishing a a system in which they can have a a view into the classroom. Um, A lot of classrooms now have websites that that teachers often put up. Um, They have um, schools often have websites with monthly calendars on there that that you can check. It's just pretty much utilizing the technology. Your your child's teacher might use um, some of the apps like Remind 101 or different texting apps. So chalkboard and all these different <laughs> yeah all these different tools that are available so for a parent who, who might not have the time to physically um check these things checking the technology is essential i think and it's about not being lazy it's it's about being okay with getting a new app it's about being okay with uh understanding that as your child is growing and learning you might have to do some of that as well and understanding that it's good for both of you. Understanding that getting that new app, learning what Chalkboard is, understanding how it works, understanding what to do so that you can make sure that your child knows how to use it and, and back and forth. All of those things are bonuses. Uh, I think a lot of parents get trapped in acting like um, school is a second job or acting like there's, there's so much pain in communicating with the teacher to try to find out what is going on with their child in you need to stop that. Like you, you, you've taken the responsibility of making this child and hopefully you've taken the responsibility of understanding you need to raise a good new member of society in that you're going to need to, uh, you know, do some learning and, and provide some help yourself. But it's also good to work with the community and people that you already are going to have in their life to make sure that everybody's on the same, you know, uh, on the same team, on the same accord. And I think along the lines with communications, communicate to that teacher and find out what it is that the grade level expectations are. What is it that your child is expected to do at the end of the year? Because you can help in that way. So if you know that your child is supposed to um, be fluent in addition and subtraction within 20, then that's something you can work on with your child. If you know your child should be reading at a level S by the end of fourth grade, then that's something that you can work on your child with. So you need to know what it is that they are expected to do so that you can help them. Um, meet those expectations and when all else fails throw money at the problem so they have um tutors (laughs) (laughs) and and you can throw money at the problem and that and that could be one of the the tutor's primary responsibility to go through the book bag um with the child to kind of set up a system i've made many a coins for that (laughs) for that very reason so you know and sometimes we, um, especially in certain communities, we think um, bringing in a tutor or bringing in someone else is cost prohibitive, and it's not. And sometimes it's just, you know, maybe making little sacrifices in our budget. But what it does is that as parents, it buys us time and mm-hmm. it helps us to have another accountability partner, another an adult um, that's a part of the team 
that's going to help facilitate our students being successful. For certain um, certain demographics, um, having a tutor is not even a a, a, a second uh, thought. Right. It's just something that is a, is budgeted and it's something that happens, you know, mm-hmm. on a consistent and regular basis. And so, not just you know, for so, not just for the, but for everything. And so, right. you know, if all else fails and, you know, you're, the time is, is restricted, throw money at it. Yeah, and I think we got to take one step back and that is knowing you have to understand the level of your teacher, of your child's teacher. Uh, absolutely. And they, their only uh, level of comfort is doing things exactly by the book. Like they just learned it. Like it says it's supposed to be done in that curriculum. They may not have time for that extracurricular because they haven't mastered that classroom yet. So right. you have to be able to help them with that because you can't go in there and expect Miss Miss Brown uh, to be at the level of Miss Mondesir, who's been doing this for 15 years. So your child is going to move along. Every time your child moves to a different teacher, it's like they got a different job. So now we got to go and find out what are the competencies, what are the things that are important to that particular teacher, and what is that teacher's method of teaching. Now, if you know that your child is not proficient at that level of teaching or they're not efficient at it, then that's something that you need to share with the teacher because now we need to bring in some supplemental stuff like Georgette was saying to help your child be successful. But I think some parents... Uh, because they don't get involved they just expect things to just happen and when they don't it's the teacher's fault and it's not necessarily their fault or their child's fault and you have to do that that self-reflection and make sure that you make that effort to connect with the teacher because if you never make it then you're just basically rolling the dice on the success of your child and one of the things with that self-reflection is to not let your educational experience be that of your child yes yes they don't like high school they got this they got so because of that i don't like school so you step back as a parent and you don't get that your child the support that they need in order to be successful and the classroom has changed and i think a lot of people are still stuck in the perception of how they went to school so it's a very important point that you made my classrooms have changed expectations are higher um kids are expected to do um operate at a higher function earlier in life um things that kids necessarily were um, expected to do in high school they're not expected to be able to do them in middle school and so the standards have 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 um, changed. Technology is in the classroom. Their um, students are, expo- are exposed to more. Um, no longer is the teacher the, the demigod that just sits on high and lectures. More so, um, educators are becoming facilitators of information because you have to realize that a lot of students, they have... Um, if you're that old, the Encyclopedia Britannica still, on their phone, right? They still make them. So, we just bought my daughter right? Encyclopedia, so yeah. <laughs> right? So, you know, so if, if, if questions should come arise, you know, the, the student can simply research those things. But what you're you're trying to do is, is, is to, to teach students how to navigate through complex problems, how to attack different scenarios, how to work in teams, how to critically think. And so I think that... Um, um, parents need to understand that, you know, the classroom is different. It's totally different. What your child is being asked to do might be different from what it is that you were expected to do. And so, you know, that communication, advocacy, and follow-up is so very important. 
Got it, got it. So, Denitra, I want to go to you, man, because, um, you know, you have been in the public school system for a while now, and mm-hmm. extracurricular activities tend to be a large part of the public school system. So I want to know, mm-hmm. how much is too much for your child to take on, man? I know some parents, like my daughter, she was in Taekwondo for a little while. She was doing swimming on the weekends. She had um, tennis uh, after school on some days. And it was mostly, like, we were trying to expose her to a lot of right. things. But when do you kind of cut it off you know when you, when it's too much for a child I'm a big advocate for exposing children to lots of different things because children who have lots of exposures tend to be better writers tend to be more creative because they have frame of reference to go to so I definitely think they should be involved I think it also helps as far as knowing how to work in a team knowing how to be a good loser um, knowing how to get along with other people <laughs> um, all of that definitely helps but I think that uh, my opinion is that this child's schedule should not be so packed that they're not able to be able to make decisions for themselves because it's in those moments of nothingness and quietness that creativity is is formed. And if the child never has a moment where they're able to be creative, to to come up with something, to ever be bored, uh, they don't know what to do when those moments come because they've Let never your been kids bored before. Be bored. Yes. Yes. yes Lord. Let them <laughs> yes. create something. Let them, like, my cousins and I would make up games all the time. We would build all kinds of things. Like, we would do so much with nothing because that's what we had to play with. So, my we daughter created. Literally, literally, this weekend came to me. I'm bored. And yeah. what was it? <laughs> <laughs> Eight million different things. You know, I didn't even know what an iPad, cell phone, none of that was when I was your age. Not was not even a clue. But you know what? I, I imagined them in my brain. It was using them, you know, <laughs> messing around with my friends and everything. So, yes, you need to make sure. I think it's it's more dependent on making sure you're listening to your child and, and being aware and apparent and understanding. I think. Uh, Adults, some of the times we get caught up in the, the amount of time that uh, a child is with you. You know, they've been with you five years. If you were with your friend five years, they know a lot more about you and kind of understand things a lot easier that you will get lost in thinking like, oh, you should understand things that an adult wouldn't know. You shouldn't. You're a child. You don't put things mm-hmm. together the same way. But right. you need to also, like Denitra said, be able to allow them to have those moments of not feeling like everything is, oh, I have to do what. I'm on the schedule all the time and I don't have a time to just, you know, breathe and, and make my own decisions and understand and, and, and being okay as a parent with, okay, we tried something and, and now that moment is done. Like, okay, you truly do not want to do this anymore. I'm not going to force you to continue it because you decided, you know, last year you thought it was cool because you saw the, saw a YouTube video on it. It's okay to experience it, understand, yeah. you know what? Wow, it's not for me. All right, let's move on to something else or figure out what the next phase is. So we had a generation that we didn't do that with. They're called Manilials, where um, everybody was allowed to be successful. <laughs> oh, you gonna, let, you gonna let her live, Carol? You gonna let her live? <laughs> and, we go, and, and, we, and, and we let them live where everybody won the, 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 the trophies. Everybody was, was praised for their efforts and everybody um, was, you know, elevated because of of, of their, their them just trying, aka the Manilios. And so 
when we have this group of people that we that that, that we already that we already know that this 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 path does not is not successful then we you know history is our best teacher and so we can't be revisionists to history we've been there done that we've tried it um oftentimes parents think that you know the more things that the more opportunities we give our child to be successful aka if we put them on the basketball team the football team the swim team the dancing the taekwondo whatever it's the more accolades they'll get the more praise they'll get the more things the more ribbons the more trophies they will gather and that will help them develop as a person but what research is telling us now is that failure and the ability to be able to fail at something really is the best long-term teacher because it builds character. It builds character and, and, and by allowing your child to fail at some things, meaning that we don't just pull them out of um, baseball because they're not going to be the MVP and we don't want them to get the, 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 the trophy, but allowing them to fail at certain things or even allowing them to focus on certain things might be, might be even a better path than to just having them do a multitude of things and, and multitask. People are still doing research on the effectiveness of multitasking and a lot of people are starting to say that maybe that's not as effective as we think it is or we thought it once was. That multitasking is a myth that being able to focus on certain things might in fact be a better choice or a better use of our time because therefore we're able to focus, hence we're able to complete tasks. So I do think when it comes to extracurriculars, we have to give our, our, our students an opportunity to choose, choose something, go do something, because you do need an extracurricular, but you don't necessarily need four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, that's too much. So I just want to show you guys this is how you know that she's known me the longest out of everybody uh, on the 13th floor and, and whatnot, because she just showed you guys the way that she tries to shut down what I would do. She just keeps going. <laughs> Talk right <laughs> over you. I don't care what she, she gave you. Yeah, 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 yeah. She bulldozed that joint. I see him. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. But I also think that she creatively is auditioning for her spot on the 13th floor because she knows that we say, we make up words all the time. <laughs> Urban Dictionary, baby. I put in, in my application. I'm telling you, I'm trying to be on the 13th floor. I think so, the furniture needs improvement and I'm here to improve it. So the the, the millennials? Millennials. 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 You know who I'm talking about. The generation that nobody likes. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're going to leave that one there. Hold on. Take it easy. We're going to leave that one there. Georgia, you might have just... You might have just solidified a reoccurring role on the 13th floor with that one. Nobody likes them. It don't care what we call them. Nobody likes them. I, 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 do, I, do, I do think that it actually started with Generation X, not the Millennials. No. Um, hold on, hold on. So we ain't even going to go down. No. Down on education and back to school. We're not going to do that today. But George Ed will be back. We're going to have that discussion because I'm I fall within that Millennial, you know, uh, uh, group Generation of individuals. X. Generation X. Oh, I'm so yes. sorry. I'm That's so cool, sorry. though. That's cool, so though. But you mentioned the myths. And we hit on one of them. Uh, you talked about how school is. Uh, school as you know it today is not how you knew it when you were in school. So that's one of the typical myths we as parents fall into. Um, you know, another one 
that is more prolific, I would say, is the homework issue. So, you know, some people subscribe and I've always been a, a subscriber to the, you know, father of learning is repetition or what have you. So, you know, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And that's kind of how I learned, unfortunately. So like I knew two plus two was four because I did it so many times. Times tables, same thing. But how effective is homework as a learning tool when you're getting into the tool and three hours of straight grinding on the homework with your child? Demetria, you want to take that? I think at, at a certain point, it it's not effective. If, you, if you're spending hours and hours on homework and A, you don't understand what you're doing, um, and B, you're halfway doing it, you're doing, uh, doing it incorrectly, it's not effective. What you need is you need homework. For some schools, don't give homework, but for the schools that do give homework, it should be uh, related to the lesson they already did, a quick review, something that can be done quickly. It's not something that should last for hours. I don't have the, the specs in front of me, but there is a, you can probably Google it to find how many hours of homework you're expected to have at a certain age. And I think in elementary school, I don't even think it's an hour. I think it's less, I think it may even be less than 30 minutes um, for homework. So as a stu on the student side, for students who definitely need that extra help, it can help. But on the teacher side, I honestly care more about what you do in class because when I get homework, I don't know who did it. I don't know if you understood it. Um, and a lot of times when you're working in um, low income areas, low areas of lower social economic um, status. Students have so much else going on in their household that they probably won't come back with the homework anyway. Mm -hmm. So when you have eight year olds who are mama at home, or you have kids who um, they only come to school so that they can get lunch, homework is not a priority. And That's so true. as a teacher, I don't, I don't punish those students because of their circumstances. So I say all that to say, I don't put that much of an emphasis on homework as far as what it counts for a grade. It's extra practice. I like when students do it, but I, if, you, if you don't understand what's going on, then it doesn't help you. If you don't understand the work in, in the first place. So a lot of major school systems are revisiting their whole policy on homework. Like I know, for example, Miami-Dade County is revisiting the whole um, validity of whether or not Miami-Dade um, County Public School, which is the fourth largest school district in the country, is reevaluating whether homework is effective. Um, in the current school system that I am now, they are have have um, a substantial homework policy where homework isn't supposed to take three, four hours. You know, it's not. It's mm -hmm. supposed to be something that is um, meaningful to the students. Is homework necessary? Sometimes I do think so. I think when you're, um, especially when you're dealing with long-term projects that might take a couple, you know, steps for students to do, um, I think that that is meaningful. But I think um, educators now are starting to rethink the whole emphasis on homework. It's not the end all or be all. Some, some um, districts um, don't require you not to grade it. So you mm -hmm. can give it, so it might not even come back as a grade. It's more so um, just for that practice. 
Right. It's yeah. more so for practice and reinforcement. So homework is definitely on the table and um, is 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 a trending topic in education right now as people evaluate what is the effectiveness of homework and is it really effective? I think um, some homework is necessary. I think if a student is not able to complete uh, an assignment in class, that definitely if they can complete it at home, that will help because if you try to complete the next day, you might slow the class down. Right. And um, people have pacing guides that they have to, to kind of adhere to mm-hmm. because students do have standardized tests that they have to take. And so you want to make sure that they have that information covered so that they're just not taking a standardized test that they're not prepared for because we didn't get to the content. Gotcha. That's the biggest change for us going from Ohio to New Jersey and Ohio everything was homework they got to new jersey the first day you got the open house the teacher like well we don't give homework what do you mean we don't give homework if they can't get it done in class why am i going to send it home to you i can't expect you to be a teacher to understand the concepts that i'm teaching school so i put time into the lesson where we're doing everything that we can to make sure that you know they get what they need to get in the classroom, and I don't put that on you as a parent to do that at home. I can't expect you. So that's good. Gosh, you guys. One last myth we want to uh, kind of dispel is the underestimation of the role of the teacher. Um, and I say that because you know you can kind of get lost in you know simple facts. Like when I was uh, graduating from college, and you know the economy was what it was, and you ended up teaching was the go-to job like everybody could just get a job as a teacher and you know be fine and then you find yourself with people in this space as you know educators of our you know younger generation but they just you know they're not so qualified quote unquote or they just not doing the role or you look at the teacher as saying oh they're just here occupying time you know they're like a certified babysitter for like eight hours ten hours maybe and they only work eight months out of the year so their job you know it's not they're not doing that much so so how would you kind of I guess dispel that myth of the underestimation of the teacher role, Georgette. Well, depending on your political affiliation, one thing that George Bush did do um, was he really stressed the No Child Left Behind Act. And when that No Child Left Behind Act was enacted, it kind of swung the school doors open and made people accountable. So no longer, and introduced this whole concept of standardized testing. So no longer were was Mr. So-and-so just to show up, read his newspaper, and not be accountable to anybody because he had tenure. You had mm-hmm. the standardized assessment in which you had to, to take, and that standardized assessment oftentimes is a window into the classroom as to what may or may not happen. Now, um, we could we could have a whole nother show on, on, on the value of standardized testing, whether or not students are being tested too much or being tested too little. But at the end of the day, um, accountability measures have been in place. And, and since then, different versions of the No Child Left Behind Act have been enacted. And so what that did was it raised the standards for teachers. It raised the standards for, for um, the students. Um, the One of the myths is that, you know, those who can't teach, and that's not often the, t- the case because oftentimes the level of dedication that you have to have in order to be a teacher far surpasses somebody who can't. Mm-hmm. That means that it's somebody who actually wants to. Um, teachers invest not only time, energy, 
um, their own money, resources. Oftentimes, they take on the financial burden of going back to school to, to, to get um, higher degrees. And so oftentimes, your teacher is sitting, your student is sitting in front of somebody who might have a master's degree or might have a specialist degree. And so those people have taken the time to go back to re-educate themselves to make sure that they're the best selves that they can present in the classroom. Gone are the days that you can just sit there and read your newspaper, drink orange juice, and say, Johnny, do page 155. That that doesn't happen in the classroom anymore. Um, classrooms are like micro-businesses. Um, not only do te- if you get to teach, then that's awesome. If you get to open a book and actually teach, then that's awesome. But all the other things that you have to do, you're looking at, you're a data analyst, you are a counselor, you are a, 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 a researcher, you are, um, you are all these different roles that you're taking on in a particular classroom that far exceeds what is on your job description. And um, so, you know, those who can't teach, that's gone. That's that's from the schoolhouse days. Um, teachers are coming in prepared, educated, and oftentimes spend many hours researching a topic to make sure that your child is best prepared. Because at the end of the day, most of them have that standardized test, and teachers like their coins. They like their money, too. And so, <laughs> you know, if Johnny decides that he's not going to do right, then you're not going to get your money in. And, you know... You know, makeup and hair costs a lot of money. <laughs> hey, you see how the doctor voice went away real quick? Man, she's been doing it well the whole she podcast now. Like, she's been furniture. jumping in and out. You know what I'm Already saying? Already she moved some furniture yeah. if it has to go down. You Don't feel me? Twisted. You feel me? Uh, and I, think, I think even outside of the whole um, the lesson planning and actually delivering the lessons that teachers do, Teachers are teaching social um, and emotional things. Like they're teaching students how to interact with each other. Life they're teaching skills. life skills. They're teaching how to be polite. They're teaching how do you deal with frustration. Like there's so much more than just teaching the core subjects that teachers have to deal with. I know every year I'm able to tell the handwriting of each one of my kids. And I've always taught in departmentalized settings. So I could have up to 60 and 75 students. And I can know each child's handwriting. Um, so like, there's just so much that we do that people don't even realize that we do. It's so intricate, it's so um, specific. And I've, I've taught for, um, this is my 11th year in the classroom. And I do think that people just don't realize what it is that teachers do other than just delivering the lesson. Or maybe they do realize what we do, but they think it's just easy. Like uh, you said, it's the go-to career. It's, it's the career that people do when you have nothing else to do. You couldn't get a job anywhere else. So you say, oh, well, let me just go be a teacher. I think people just really don't understand how much work goes into it. The training, like you said, the data analysis, um, reteaching, coming up with lesson plans and having it not um, be executed the way you want it to. So having to redo them, um, form groups, finding resources. So there's just so much more to it. There's, it's so intricate. And I, I believe that people, a lot of people just don't know how much goes into it. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know what you guys think, but just my experience and conversation with people, like people know that I'm a teacher. So when they talk to me, um, they're always polite. But then I see Facebook posts about how my child's teacher said this and she's not going to do this and he's this. And it's like, 
you guys realize that you just told me you, you respect teachers so much, but then I see how you really respond when you, when you post your Facebook statuses about how um, what this teacher isn't going to do or what this teacher said to you and how you can't wait to go up there. And it just, it, it irritates me because um, I just think people just really take teachers for, for granted when teachers make every career possible. Um, I think one of the things you said is important is thinking about the time. So if you think that, I mean, you figure your child is there seven hours a day, five days a week, that's 35 hours, you multiply that by the number of weeks that they're in school. Mm-hmm. And think that back to a parent. The parent's like, okay, well, that's a lot. They say, okay, well, now you take that amount of hours and multiply that by every kid on your block. So I've got 25 kids that long that I need to control in order to create a learning environment. Um, and once you start to really look at the math of it, it's a lot. I mean, to try and manage all those expectations, you're getting everything that they're getting in the morning. So you can have three that didn't have breakfast, two that wanted to watch movies all night. Somebody's actually trying to learn. The kid want to sleep. Kid want to fight. It's it's a whole and lot. Just like Georgia, it's a, it's a mini business, and there's yep. nothing more frustrating than having to manage people who are you know um, incompetent and crazy. And so imagine <laughs> having to manage a room of people who are not you know trained to do what you were trying to get them to do. That it's right. it, it is very hard, and it takes a lot of of true passion and, and yes. desire to be a teacher. And it's not given enough respect and credit for those who choose to take that profession on, especially for, you know, high school and younger, when you're really talking about kids who will uh, um, wind up feeling like, oh, I'm just here to waste time and don't give, you know, being educated the respect that it deserves. And it's it's a it's a up here, an uphill battle that, you know, hats off to all teachers who are able to, you know, get in the trenches and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And throw the hormones on top of it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's what, that's you get to that early, the teen, woo! Oh, no. That's what my daughter is just busting in there hey, now. Keep and, that deodorant in your locker. Oh yeah. my gosh, there have been many <laughs> hygiene talks I've had in my class. Okay, guys, let's sit down, let's talk. We need to talk about deodorant. Yes. It's magical. <laughs> let's talk about deodorant. <laughs> well, ladies, uh, I definitely want to let y'all know that you are greatly appreciated, not only for the knowledge and wisdom that you imparted upon us on the 13th floor, but as educators in the school system. So I definitely want to let y'all know that y'all are definitely appreciated. Thank you for everything y'all had uh, or gave Thank us today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Before we go to, uh, you know, Fresh, for his Fresh Jam of the Week, uh, Denitra, Georgette, I'm going to start with Denitra. Is there any specific thing that you want to leave the listeners with? I do, yes, want to leave you with this one thing. Um, A lot of times when their parents pick up their child from school, they ask them, how was your day? Um, Start asking them more specific questions. Tell me about the math strategy you learned today. Or tell me about the story you read today and how does that compare with another story you read? Because depending on the age of the kids you have, the answer is going to be fine if you say, how was your day? Mm -hmm. Fine. So make your child be more deliberate about their learning. So ask them more specific questions. Have them explain things to you, not the yes or no questions, because that's just one extra way that you can help assist their learning and help their teacher um, improve their learning. How about you, Georgette? Um, I think one thing, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it, but um, since this is the 13th floor with all these men, um, I think it's very important for men 
to be in the schoolhouse. Um, I think it's very important for fathers to come through, for fathers to volunteer in school and to show up because oftentimes a lot of students, they don't have fathers. And so the fathers that they do see that come through the school is really trying to, really modeling manhood for them. And so, especially when you're dealing with the high school and the middle school level. So I really would, um, the takeaway I would do is I would encourage more men to, to find a way um, to, to really get into the schoolhouse, you know, really find a way for you to show up to walk those halls. Because when men are in the building, the, the students change the, the, the way, the way they carry themselves, the way they, they, they position themselves if they know their father is there or they know uncle so-and-so is there they really um act differently and i think it's very important that um men find a way to get into the schoolhouse there it is gentlemen the call to action get in the schoolhouse carol amen hey i've been there yes i've been there even when he was in high school he was in the schoolhouse yes Oh, we need to hear some stories later then. Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike D and I had a mentorship program. A little you bit. did. He did. He did. Absolutely did. So, I've uh-huh. been there. Uh-huh. Catch yes. up, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Slow, slow down. Take it easy. <laughs> DJ, baby, be fresh, man. I'm coming to you next for the fresh jam of the week. What you got for the people, baby? I see you putting into play what Georgette just talked about. <laughs> Let me keep it moving. Keep the show moving. <laughs> hey, we got a time um, limit on this thing. International flavor this week. Uh, you know, normally when I do my international flavor, that means I'm probably going to like Jamaica or Africa or something like that. But I decided to go with some Spanish love. Uh, Mi Gente is the title of the song by J Balvin, Willie William. It's nothing but a stone cold groove. It's been keeping me moving uh, this whole uh, summertime. Yeah, I might know about that. Hit him with the drums. Hey, girl, I need you to translate. Hey. <laughs> that horn is kind of funky in the background now. I'm gonna have to add that to the playlist. I don't think that's a horn, man. It's a, I mean, it sounds like a horn to me, man. It's a, it's, it's a person that they've they've altered the voice, and that's what it sounds like. No, I think me. I think it's a horn. I'm pretty sure it's a horn. Well, I, well, I, it's like well, some type of weird horn. You got to realize there's a lot of a lot of tools in production. But um, the bass is crazy on that song, too. So when you can actually hear it in some uh, decent speakers, I definitely encourage you to go check out <laughs> Mi Gente. Uh, it is the summer jam and fresh jam of the week. There it is. And you can impress people with Mi Gente if you can say that. Mi Gente. Mi gente. Hey, there it is. What does that even mean? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> people. People. Hey, but real quick, so 
I got to tell a story. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, so is this going to be in addition exactly. to the to the call to, to the Coach K's message? In addition to, in addition to, oh, okay. An addendum. I, I, I have a problem. So <laughs> my company goes out and builds playgrounds for schools, and we went to several Baltimore schools when I was up in Maryland, mm-hmm. and they took us around the school, the whole school, which. Please don't force people that come into your school to do that. These these kids were elementary school kids, and they made us go around the whole school high fiving every kid. That was just ger- that was germ warfare. <laughs> Stop it. We don't need to do all that. Yeah, I heard but that anyway, story before. Uh, there was actually more work that we should have done inside the school as opposed to building a playground outside the school because the kids didn't have like the toilets were turned sideways. And th- th- that stuff needed a lot more help. But where my issue came is when they wanted to have the kids do something for us. Um, they brought the kids out. And instead of having the kids do something that reflected their level of education, the kids came out there and did all the latest dances. Please, of stop it. I don't need to see your kid do the stanky leg. I don't send my kids to school to learn. Look at him, look at him. That's not, we can teach that at home. Please teach them some life lessons. The stanky leg will not help them get a job that I want to support them. <laughs> and that's spoken from somebody who paid that UM tuition. You know, when you pay that UM tuition, you know you're very mindful Man, of on. all those. We all, we all pay that UM tuition. I know. That's why I said that. Mm-hmm. He had the plug, man. So we ain't. He, he, who was it? Moms that worked at at, at the school. Yeah, that wasn't for my whole time though. Both of us. Oh, oh okay. Both of us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, so I'm just okay. That's how they do. So I'm the only one that had to pay. Okay. Well, I had to pay for for a year. Yeah. Well, I'm still paying tuition, so it's all good. And I will be paying it for the rest of my life. So hey, so it's all good. But gentlemen, I really want to thank you for this opportunity being on the 13th floor. I hope it's not the last one, but um, this was fun. I think it's your audition tape, Georgette. It might be. I don't know, but we should do this again. She was she live like, now. She was live. She likes this. She likes this. You need to bring me. I want to see. I want to hang out with the whole crew. We'll see if we can't make that happen. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Hey, before we go to you, Carol, for your closing message, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is brought to you by Fledgeology, where the mantra is Leap, Grow, Fly. You can catch this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud. You can always catch us on Facebook at the Fledgeology webpage. And definitely, definitely drop us a line. Hit us with the comments or email us at info at Fledgeology.com. That is info at Fledgeology.com. Coach K, it's your show, baby. What you got? Parents just don't understand. Just don't understand. <laughs> done. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop. B Jones. B Jones says I always start out with there are some of you out there. So you I do, man. I mean, specific that's specific this week. We're talking to parents. That's who we're talking to this week. Please go back and listen to this podcast. There were so many nuggets that were dropped for you this week. It can help you with your child. And please understand the time and commitment that you put in is directly reflected of the value that your child will see in their education. If you don't take it seriously, they're not going to take it seriously and allow your child to be in the process of education while you are in the business of education. That relationship with you and the teacher in the school is a business relationship. And if you are 
looking to have a successful business, you would want to know who your partners are. Who are your partners in this business? Please go out there and find out. It is not too late. We just started. You can catch up and uh, you can make sure that your kids have a phenomenal year. Shout out, Jay Des. Nah, I'm no. See, Carol, that's why we had to keep you on the show, man. You can't sneak out the back, though. Ain't no doors on, ain't no windows, ain't no doors on the 13th floor. We did that. I'm already. building. I'm building. <laughs> he made his grandmama proud. Yes, sir. Oh, that man, was yeah. nice. Shout out, Grandma Kadayo. So, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Root to the cues. Hey, holla back. Art, drop your number. 34. <laughs>